Yeah, we're not. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. And pull it. is all about wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more formal. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have that in the program. I, I just love that. Post your questions and comments the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Hey! They're all happy. There you go. Yeah. Our whisper. Wow. Yeah, that last, uh, I don't know what, uh, way too much. There we go. Um, yeah, that last uh, whistler on there every week, seems like. Uh, so. Yeah, he, he's, he, he likes it, but oh my gosh, it's just, wow. <laughs> so, well, I, I always use him to adjust my volume on my speakers, so on my headphones, something. Works well for me on that. He's my sound check. So, <laughs> okay. and I just found too. Spreaker is that a that is that a uh, a site? Spreaker. Yeah. Yeah, we're. Um, I yeah. think we're okay. uh, copied to them or something. Ooh, yeah, I, yeah, I thought so. I just saw something. BTR, you, BTR is on Spreaker. And if you have Alexa or any of those, you can go Alexa, open Spreaker. And then when Spreaker comes on, say Spreaker, find all about wine. And that would pop us up and you can listen to any of the episodes that way. So, oh, wow. Uh, if any of you out there using Alexa, all that, and you want to listen to us while you're working around the house or having dinner of a Thursday or something, just go Alexa, open Spreaker, and then Spreaker, find all about wine. And mm-hmm. they will, and it will come up, and you will have us. So just to let wow. you know. Good information there. I, I had no idea. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I didn't either. <laughs> I, I ran across this, and I don't know where or how, and I made a note of it. And, and so if you have it, you can go to Spreaker and listen to us. We are on Spreaker, too, like Mike just said. And so you can you can listen to us there. So... Welcome back. I was wasn't here last week. My daughter came into town. She lives in Utah, and uh, she was in town overnight. And so, instead of stopping in the middle of her visit and trying to do a program, and actually we're out eating anyway, so it would have been even harder to do it. I canceled my participation in it, and he could have done a live. My daughter and wife. Live testing from the restaurant or something. Restaurant. We went to go eat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Could do that. Yeah, I've been trying to get. I, I'm having sound problems on on the laptop here, and I was trying to load it onto my tablet, all the information I need and everything I need to do it uh, on the tablet. And you know, if I get that up, uh, I can start doing remotes from anywhere. Just you know, all right. 
we are now at, and this is all about wine, but I couldn't get it to hook up properly, so I haven't done it yet. But yeah, I thought about that, thought about doing a doing a remote, but an hour while I'm trying to eat, food get cold and all that. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't an option that night. But had a good visit with her. She left and I took her to the airport the next morning, and she's gone. I'll probably go visit her this summer sometime, or actually in the fall, because it's better to visit her in early fall than summer anytime. So I will do that. But no show last week. I'm back this week, and uh, I, I didn't ask. Mike, did you do the show last week? No. I don't know what I did last week. Oh. oh. No. No, there was no show last week. It was off. Okay. I, I I didn't check, but I was just not talking to me. You thought maybe you went in there. And... Yeah. <laughs> and well, I know you've done week... it before. You, 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 you did good. During short shows, no. you have you have an hour's worth of material. <laughs> I can come up with 10 minutes or so and try and stretch it out as long as I can. And I was like, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, I do a couple of pieces on one. I'm looking. I I spend I spend probably ten minutes talking, and I look down at my watch, and it's seven o two, and I'm like, wait a minute, I, that's only two minutes. What am I going to do now for fifty eight minutes? <laughs> you pull that off? I'm like, there. I have nothing else. What time just... is it? Oh, two. Great. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> now, now we were having a moment of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> moment of silence. <laughs> sale, by the way. Here we will have, have a moment of silence. <laughs> Fifty minutes later. Okay, the moment's over. <laughs> and while we were having a moment of silence, I found this. Let's talk. <laughs> but you do good. Don't, don't, don't. You know, I've listened to your programs that yeah. you've done in my absence and you've done a good job on them. So, so don't start changing yourself. You, 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 three maybe at the most, but uh, yeah, they're, I figure every, every four years I'll do a show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. That way it gives you four years to gather information and something to talk about. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm already working on the, on the next one. So, yeah. On the next one. All right. Yeah. Well then, but the point movies. is, you didn't do it last week, so there's no show. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Right. What is the material? <laughs> but, but yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. It's, I, we I, don't I, use up all your material. Yeah, unless you're ready. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get more than five minutes. So. Oh. Um, what we got now? No. Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> okay. You need something a little bit longer. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So, no show last yeah. week, uh, but we, you know, there's something for y'all to look forward to. Mike will be doing a show in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the future. We don't know when in the future, but <laughs> Mike is gathering information, and someday in the future, mm-hmm. he will be doing a show. I am but if, my you get, if you want to hear Mike before then, he, yes, you put it on your calendar. Future. Um he does do his Sky Blue show, which is music every. You're still doing it on Wednesday mornings, right? Uh, Thursday mornings. Thursday, and, uh, yeah, Thursday, yeah, Thursday morning. Why am I saying yeah. Wednesday? Thursday at nine. 
Thursday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's a long two hours. Okay, 7 to 9. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every Thursday morning, Eastern time. Yeah. Eastern Seven Standard eight. time. He is Ooh. on from 7 to 9, and he takes requests, and you can listen to him. So if you miss Mike, you can pick him up on Thursday mornings in Sky Blue Radio. And it's a free download, too. Sky Blue Radio doesn't cost you anything. Free download. Right. So keep that in mind. All right. Uh, Wine Spectator's Grand Tour. I mentioned this last year. It's time to start talking about it again. Three cities, three spectacular wine tastings. Uh, this is this is really quite an event. I wish that uh, I could go to one of these, but I don't ever see it happening because it's never held anywhere close. This year, well, actually, I can take the All About Wine jet, but it seems to always be in repair. So, but the. Uh, Grand Tour, Wine Spectator Grand Tour. The first one is in Chicago on April the 22nd at the Navy Pier. Then on April the 25th, it moves to Las Vegas to the Mirage. And then it ends up on May 1st at the Ronald Reagan Building in Washington, D.C. And this this is a big thing here. I mean, they have wines, over 200 wines, all rated above 90 by the wine spectator by the way which makes sense uh wine spectator rate all these above 90. they have wines from argentina australia australia chile uh, alsace beaujolais bordeaux burgundy champagne lure rome southern france from germany from greece from hungary israel italy new zealand portugal south africa spain United States, including California, Oregon, Washington, Virginia, and from Uruguay. And that's just a partial list of all of them they have. They have bunches of them. They have uh, VIP tickets. They have uh, just all sorts of stuff going on. Tickets are on sale now. So if you're interested, go to grandtour.winespectator.com. And you can see more information about and all that. Uh, this does not have ticket prices on it. I think it's like 300 or something like that, if I remember. But coming up again this year, again, I'd love to go to one of those things, but I don't see it happening for me in the, at least not this year. Maybe I can start saving up now and go in a couple of years. Then that's when Mike can do his program and I can go to that. And then, or I can report remotely from there. That would be even better. But you know, that's coming it's up. Not Something else, and a, I know – what's that? Oh, sorry. Um, I uh, looked on um, to purchase tickets, and uh, general admission is only oh. uh, $200 for Chicago and Washington, and Las Vegas is 225 oh. General admission. If you want VIP, then it gets into, you know, three twenty-five to three and a half. So, uh, yeah, okay, it's not bad. Yeah. I, I remember it was around two hundred pounds. So, really, for what you're getting, the opportunity to taste some of these wines is really worth it. Because um, some of these you would never have an opportunity to taste otherwise. And for two hundred dollars, a lot of times that's how much it's going to cost you just for one bottle of somebody's that they have listed. So 
it is it is a good deal. I mean, just the the ones from what well, here is one from California, Stags Leaps Wine Cellars. And Stags Leaps is expensive. Uh, Diamond Creek, Charles Krug, uh, Camus, uh, Tablas Creek. A lot of these are very expensive bottles of wine, regardless of what you get from these wineries. So $200 is really a reasonable price if you go around and pick and choose what you want. You don't try to do all the wines that is there. You pick out some that you really want to try that you would never normally purchase, and you taste those, and you make notes of everything and all that. That would really be the way to do it. I mean, there's some some great wines listed here. They have... uh, uh, some, you know, let's see, seven of them, or six of them from the Bordeaux region. Uh, they've got a bunch from Spain, uh, high ranked, and all that. And again, all rated 90 plus. So it would be well worth the $200. And, you know, a night in a hotel, and a night in a hotel in Chicago or Las Vegas or Washington, D.C. is going to be probably much more expensive than what you're spending on that. So, but yeah, 200, 225, 250 is not too bad of a price. And the VIP, I mean, if you're going to go to it, maybe even the VIP would be worth the extra money. It's not something you would go to every year or anything. It would be something that you would just do and say, okay, I'm going to go to the wine, the Grand Tour wine tasting and just spring for the big bucks on it and get yourself a VIP ticket while you're at it. And the VIP tickets. I've been to events where I've gotten VIP tickets, and that gives you an extra hour or so before the event. And it's really nice because it's not nearly as crowded, and you get a lot better chance to talk with people and stuff about the different things going on. So thanks for digging that out for me. I, I thought the price was around 200 but thank you for double-checking that. The wine of the night. My engineer just brought me tonight's wine. Uh, she had it chilled all day for us and pulled it out. And I've got it here. Screw cap, which is what people are doing now. So it's uh, not unusual. This is a Valkenberg, PJ Valkenberg wine. It is a Gewürztraminer. And the region is false, P-F-L-A-Z. It's a 2015 vintage. Uh, Valkenberg since 1786, it says on the label. Uh, the back of the label says, Deutscher Kostwein, uh, which is German quality. Product of Germany, contains sulfide white wine, bottled in the ship by P.J. Valkenberg, uh, out of Orange, Germany, imported by Valkenberg International. And then the government warning, it says, very fragrant, like a bouquet of roses. This is off-dry, notes of ripe peach and lychee, and also spicy cuisine, seafood, poultry, uh, poultry and barbecue is what it pairs with. Uh, German Gewürztraminer. I like Gewürztraminers. Let's see what this tastes like. Hmm. Classic Gewürztraminer nose. Uh, Gewürz is, if you're not familiar with Gewürz, it's, it's a spiciness to it. It's got a, uh, 
uh, light spiciness to the nose. Oh, refreshing, grassy. Yeah, that's that's nice. Let's see what it tastes like. Oh, a very good reverse. Oh, this is really good. Gewurz has uh, a, a bit of of sweetness to it, but it's not a, a sweet sweet, spicy sweetness. Uh, uh, just a nice play on the tongue. Uh, my engineer just shouted from the other room, my favorite white wine. And that's saying something, considering there's a lot of really nice white wines out there. But a Gewurz demeanor is really nice. It, it goes well. You don't want to have it with something too light, uh, because if you do, the Gewurz itself will overpower it. So I would stick with, uh, well, here, they, they summed up, well, spicy cuisine, uh, seafood, don't want anything bland. I wouldn't have this with just plain tilapia, but I think this would go great with uh, something with a little bit more salmon. I, I've had some salmon dishes that this would go great with. Poultry, barbecue, as long as you're not using a real strong sauce, this would go well with that. Uh, nice. If you're not familiar with the Gewurz demeanor, then you should be. It is a white wine. It is spelled G-E-W-U with the two little dots above it. U-R-Z-T-R-A-M-I-N-E-R. Gewurz demeanor. And it's, uh, you can find German Gewurz. You can find... California Gewurz, uh, quite a few different places will actually grow the Gewurz great. And uh, uh, most of the time when people speak of the, the wine, they'll say Gewurz and not say Gewurz Gewurztraminer because there's no other wine that starts with Gewurz. And so it's a good way to narrow it down. But very nice. Uh, this is this is a nice Gewurz. Can't remember where we got this or how the price, but it is I'm glad we did. I'm sad we didn't pick up more. So try it. Try yourself a divert if you haven't done so. They are they are fun wines. They're interesting wine. Pick out something a little bit spicy to have it with, and you're good to go. All right. Something else I want to tell you about. A couple more things I want to tell you about here. And I know we're all about wine, but these two were uh, are in conjunction with Wine Spectator, and so. I have to pass this on to you because this is sort of cool. And so many out there enjoy this. And so why not share it with you? I enjoy it too. Whiskey Fest is coming up. The longest running and best attended Whiskey Festival in North America is March the 27th. And they also have three cities for this one. Chicago is hosting one. It's at the Hyatt Regency on March the 27th. New York City is at the New York Marriott Marquis, and that's October the 29th. So we've got a ways to go on that. Wow, that's March 27th, October 29th. And then in December, December 4th, San Francisco hosts the last one of the year. It's going to be at the San Francisco Marriott Marquis also. So you got San Francisco. Marriott Marquis and New York Marriott Marquis hosting the two, and then 
high reads in Chicago. But the VIP tickets are available then. It's buy tickets at whiskeyfast.com. And I'm sure Mike and his efficiency will look up ticket prices for us. Some of the whiskeys you can taste. Uh, 1792, uh, Ben Reich, uh, Ben Ramosh, uh, Single Barrel, Blanton's, Buffalo Trace, uh, Gordon and McPhil, Jack Daniels, Jack Daniel Barrel Rising, uh, Old Ezra, seven-year-old Foster, uh, Pappy Van Winkle, 23 years. Uh, that's a VIP hour only that that's going to be available. Uh, but there's a lot of names, whiskey names here that uh, that are good whiskeys. I mean, uh, single single blends and stuff like that. So single malt scotch here, there's one. And there's uh, single barrel, Rebel Yell 10-year single barrel. So if you are a whiskey drinker, then this is something that really needs to be added to your bucket list because this is something that's well worth it. They're going to have, uh, I was going to say how many, but it doesn't really say how many whiskeys. I, this is not a complete list here. But this is something you really have to pace yourself on too. Find yourself three or four ones that you really want to try and do those first and then go around to the other ones after that. Hundreds of whiskeys, they say. Join us for a night of good whiskeys, good food, good friends. Hundreds of whiskeys. So uh, the wow. says taste from a selection of more than 350 whiskeys from around the world. Meet the distillers and master blenders. Enjoy gourmet buffet all evening. Attend in-depth seminars by whiskey experts. And special bonus, receive a one-year subscription to Whiskey Advocate Magazine. Wow, so quite a thing going on there. A whiskey fest. And uh it is. Can you hear me? Oh. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh Chicago, you missed Hollywood, Florida. What? Oh, Hollywood, it doesn't say Florida. Here. Yeah, April third through April the fourth for two days. Because I guess there's a bunch of whiskey drinkers here in Florida. <laughs> but uh, Hollywood, Florida and um, and because it's the Big Smoke meets Whiskey Fest in Hollywood. What? It's oh, Whiskey yeah. Fest is teaming up with, with Cigar Fans. I know Big Smoke for a um, weekend of whiskey and cigars in Hollywood. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Uh, general admission is yeah. 275 and VIP is 345 That's early bird pricing. Wow, for Chicago and uh, Chicago, New York, and uh, San Francisco, that's early bird pricing. It's two seventy-five general and three forty-five VIP. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, if you're into whiskeys, that's uh, a bottle. Just like here, early, you know, the VIP ticket, eighteen-year-old Sazerac. Whiskey only during the VIP hour. 18 year old says that, that that one bottle of whiskey is going to run you, what, about $170? Just that one alone. So to be able to wow. taste that. 12 year old Rip Van Winkle, that's very expensive. There's another, an Eagle Rare 17 year during the VIP hour only. 
George T. Stagg in the VIP hour only. There's a lot of them. So, uh, and they're expensive. These whiskeys, especially when you start getting those old ones, those things start running into money. And this one in Chicago, if you're a cigar smoker, I mean, cigar and whiskey, what a combination. So, uh, and that's a two-day event. A Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, what a great venue. And that is, the building there is shaped like a big guitar, if you've never seen it. But the hotel is shaped like a great big guitar. So, uh, that, there you go, that's coming up. Yeah, I, you mentioned that, and I saw down here in the corner, they have another thing, April the 3rd and 4th. Oh, that's real soon here. Yeah. Uh, as is the one in Chicago, March 27th, so. So, wow, some great stuff, great events. So if you're into that stuff, it's really a, a wonderful way to to start uh, looking forward to saving up or making your reservations because hotels around that fill up too for that. You say, oh, no, they won't because it's you know so expensive for the tickets. But, yeah, yeah, they will. So if you plan on going, then definitely start getting it and ones around Chicago I'm sure I'm sure the website probably tells you other hotels are in the area and stuff like that they're usually pretty good about informing you of what's going on and what's available and all or you can even go on uh, different social medias and stuff like that and check out or even ask Alaska what are hotels close to uh, the Chicago venue or the other venue and they will let you know. So there you go. A uh, couple of things. Wine Spectator is also hosting golf tournaments around the country for uh, to, to uh, benefit autism. The Wine Spectator does this every year. I usually don't say anything about it, but since I've got the Wine Spectator book, I've been promoting their other stuff. Let me say quickly about this. It's the 2020 Golf Challenge uh, sponsor, Wine Spectator and SAP. There is tournaments starting on March 16th, the 30th, April 27th, June 1st, June 23rd, July 13th, August 3rd, August 10th, August 13th, August 24th, August 31st, every week there. September 15th, September 21st, September 21st again. Entry fees range anywhere from $550 to $1,900. So, but all benefits go for autism. All, all the stuff goes to autism. And so it's a good thing throughout the year that they're doing on that. So if you are a golfer who really wants to help and has the money and the time to do it, check out the uh, Wine Spectator Golf Challenge to help autism. You can register at E, the letter E4, the number 4, A, uh, the letter A, golf. E4A, golf, which is L's, Ernie L's sponsors this. Uh, L's for autism, E4A, golf.com. And you can find out more information and stuff there, too. So, uh, a good thing, I think, a real good thing. And you, know, you can be a duffer and do that, but I don't know. I'm a duffer, and I'm not going to spend $1,900 to 
embarrass myself. So, yeah. oh, that diverse demeanor is good. All right. Uh, let's go back. Just a few things I want to talk about here. And let me find the first one. It is, okay, Champagne versus Prosecco. We've mentioned both of them on the show, Champagne and Prosecco, and I've told you uh, Prosecco is a cheaper alternative. By the way, it's a cheaper alternative for tomorrow, Valentine's Day, if you want to have a little bubbly. Prosecco or Cava or Cremant, any of those are cheaper in Champagne. Or you can even go Champagne if you, because there are some out there that aren't real, real expensive. But what's the difference between Champagne and Prosecco? And why does Champagne cost so much more than Prosecco? Okay, this is a very simple answer. Champagne is a sparkling wine from France and Prosecco is from Italy. There you go. The difference in price is partially from production method used in making the wines. Champagne is a lot more time intensive to produce. Therefore, it costs you more money. Anything that you spend more money or any you spend more time on is going to cost you more money. But there are more differences than just that. Okay, Champagne. Another factor that affects price is market demand and positioning. Champagne's Perception as a luxury good creates a higher price. And, I mean, you can buy a Timex or you can buy Rolex. And they both tell you what time of day it is and tell you if you're late for your appointment. But the Rolex is much more expensive because it is better put together than all the other stuff. And it commands a higher price. Same thing with champagne. Prosecco's is a value sparkler, and so, therefore, it is more affordable. There are some exceptional Prosecco wines, though. I mean, it's not just, oh, all Prosecco is, is cheap wines. Uh, check out uh, different ones and uh, different Proseccos. You'll see ones that are a little bit more expensive, a little bit more quality, but they're still cheaper than some of the high-quality champagnes. So let's go on. Champagne. Champagne comes from the Champagne region of France, which is about 80 miles or 130 kilometers northeast of Paris. Champagne grapes are primarily Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Noir. That's what they use. Champagne is made using a costly method called the traditional method. Okay, and this has been around since Champagne first started, back with the monks. A standard five-ounce serving of Brut Champagne has about 91 to 98 calories. They say standard five-ounce. They're saying six-ounce most of the time is standard now, so you can move that up to about 120 calories. And it has 1.8 grams of carbs. Those people are watching their carbs now, 1.8 grams of carbs for five ounces. Usually runs, uh, Brut Champagne from France, usually runs 12% ABV alcohol by volume. And you're going to be spending around $40 for uh, a cheaper one, good entry level, if you will, uh, Champagne. Uh, that's 
a French champagne, if you can find one that's less than 40, good deal, but that's about going to be the price. Flavors of champagne, the citrus, peach, those are very common. Almond will come out as a primary flavor in champagne. White cherry, and then a lot of people have problems with white cherry. It tastes just like a cherry, only it's not quite as intense. And then a toastiness to it. That toast comes from the oak. All right. Since carbonation has developed under the pressure, champagne has persistent bubbles. Uh, fine champagne will exhibit an almond-like flavors. So that's coming from, part of that's from the oak with notes of orange zest. I mean, not oranges, but just the zest, which gives you a little bit more intense orange pop and white cherries. The aging process on yeast particles often gives champagne strange cheese rind aromas. Now, the yeast particles are called the lees, L-E-E-S, lees. Finer champagne and dated champagnes uh, have these aromas, uh, but they smell more like toast or biscuit, uh, something like that, uh, A uh, which, again, comes from some of the oak aging and the leaves picks up that oak and uh, the yeast does. So it gives you that toastiness. If you're having champagne, pair it with shellfish or uh, sushi. Pickled vegetables or crispy fried appetizers. Uh, all that goes well. Something else you can try it with too, which is always fun. Uh, good champagne goes well with potato chips. And don't get flavored potato chips. Stay with just your straight old everyday potato chips. Uh, your non-flavored, your crispy potato chips. And there's some out there that are greasier than others. I won't name names, but some potato chips are greasier than others. If you can find ones that aren't as greasy, then that's always the better way to go. But champagne does go very well with potato chips. And it's, it's really, really quite good. Prosecco, it's a sparkling wine made primarily in the Veneto region of Italy. This is closer to Viso, which is about 15 miles or 24 kilometers north of Venice, the city of water, north of Venice. Prosecco is made with primarily Prosecco grapes, and that makes it so much easier to know. Uh, Prosecco is also known as Galera grape, G-L-E-R-A, Galera. It is produced using uh, the tank method, an affordable method of thing. They don't do each one of the bottles individually and stuff like that, so it's it's much cheaper to do in the tank method. Standard five-ounce serving of extra dry Prosecco has about 91 to 98 calories, which is about the same as what we just said on the champagne. And it has 2.6 carbohydrates. So you're jumping up quite a bit on the carbs from the 1.8 of champagne up to 2.6. So if you're watching your carbs, don't drink the whole bottle of champagne. And the alcohol is usually a little bit lower too, whereas champagne usually runs up in uh, 12% or even higher on some of them. Prosecco is usually around 11% and sometimes even lower. And for a good entry-level Prosecco, you can 
pay probably under under $20 is average, which not bad at all. If you're already a Prosecco drinker, good for you. Now, what flavors, what, what are you going to get out of the champagne? Green apple, very common, very, very common. I think just about every Prosecco I've had has had a green apple undertone to it. It's, in fact, somebody hands me a sparkling and I can spell it and say, oh, this must be Prosecco because that green apple jumps out. Also, a honeydew melon and pear. I've, I detect pear quite often in Prosecco. Honeysuckle and cream. Fresh cream. Now, you know, anymore, most people don't have it. Buy yourself some whipping cream and smell that. That's, you'll pick that same flavor up in a Prosecco. I had to take another sip of my Gewurz community. Boy, that's a good Gewurz. Proseccos tend to have strong fruit and flower aromas. And this is because of the Glera grape, a very, very flowery grape, fruity grape. Because they're done in large tanks with less pressure, the Prosecco has a lighter, uh, bubbled, frothy is used quite often. And they don't last as long. So you pour yourself a glass of Prosecco, you're going to get bubbles. But if you sit there and talk for a while without sipping, you look at it, the bubbles probably have dissipated by then. But the aromas stay with it. Just because the bubbles are gone doesn't mean the aromas don't disappear. They will hang on. Tropical fruits, banana cream, hazelnut, vanilla, honeycomb, those are some of the aromas associated with fine bottles of Prosecco. And if you're going to pair Prosecco with, were you talking? Was that just the thing making noise? Uh, Fruit-driven appetizers, cured meat. Oh, okay. Then it just, it's the microphone, the sound card of mine just acting up against and sound like something. All right, good. It's uh, fruit-driven appetizers, uh, like prosciutto wrapped melon, uh, Asian cuisine, uh, Thai food. Prosecco goes great with Thai food. If you're looking for something a little bit different, uh, Thai food and Prosecco is a great combination. The region of Champagne versus Prosecco. Champagne is north quite a ways, uh, northern France. Prosecco is northern Italy, north of Venice, and Venice is way up in the in the northern part of the country. But still, Champagne is north of the Prosecco region by, by quite a distance, so it's going to get different climates and stuff up there, and that will affect it too. So, difference right there. You're going to, the Prosecco uh, is going to be a little bit fruitier, going to be cheaper. Uh, The regions on the map uh, come the uh, Champagne, more of a northerly climate. Uh, Champagne, because it is northern, the grapes tend to ripen with a higher acidity. And the Prosecco is made... Uh, uh, has a unique microclimate, which is cooler than the surrounding area, and also rains a lot uh, where the Prosecco is made. Uh, 
and this creates a crisp, uh, delicious, sparkling wine. So ultimately, whatever you like or whatever you can afford sometimes, but you can find cheaper champagnes out there. But don't expect them to compare to each other because they don't. They're different, but yet they're both bubbly and they're both fun. I've said this over and over again. Do drink sparkling wines, be it champagnes or cavas or tremens or whatever. Enjoy them. Enjoy them all the time because they are they're fun and they go with just about just about everything. Virginia wines. I get a thing from website Virginia wines every year or every every couple of weeks every year every couple of weeks and they are promoting the Valentine and Virginia wines because Virginia is for lovers and what better time to have lovers than Valentine's Day so they're in big time promoting they have uh, Valentine's giveaways going on now they are inviting you to come to Virginia and come to the wineries and try the wines and bring your sweetheart and since Virginia is for lovers and wine is for lovers, and what better combination? So, Virginia wine, it is uh, made for this time of year for the for the two to go together. All right, now tariffs. We have been talking about tariffs in the past and what's been going on with them. I'm going to talk about tariffs some more here. The tariffs that are being put on the wines coming out of the European Union and Britain, uh, New England, the United Kingdom has now officially withdrawn from the EU. So I don't know what's happening with anything that's coming through there or out of there. It's I haven't seen anything stating that the prices or anything is going to change since Britain has officially dropped out of the EU. You hear about all these other things that might be going on, but I don't know. If I see anything, I will definitely pass it on. The No, I don't want you to pop up right in front of me. The U.S. Trade Representative, our USTR, will make a decision regarding the 25% tariffs it has imposed on certain European Union wines and goods last year. So officially, it isn't done yet. It should be this week they're supposed to make a decision. And this article is dated. It's not. It's forever. Uh, oh, there it is. Uh, the 11th. So this was two days ago. No. Yeah, the 11th. So this is two days with today's 13th. So uh, they're supposed to be making a decision this week or next week. And they reduce the levies, possibly. Uh, maintain them, possibly. and Or raise them. Right now, uh, the Levies at 25%, but some are looking at a levy of 100% tax on all EU wines, which will have major consequences on the small businesses 
and they're saying also global economies, it will affect importers and stores and everything else. The initial round of 25% tariffs were imposed in October, this last October. And it was the purpose of the the tariffs is to punish the European Union for subsidies to Airbus, which is a French-based aerospace and defense corporation. And that was the purpose of the tariffs. Well, it's having a mushroom effect on so many other things. It's hurting American business, uh, and it's doing damage to all sorts of smaller businesses that it's just nobody realized was going to be this much of an impact. Last November, when the tariffs were in place, U.S. imports of EU wine decreased by 48%. Meanwhile, Chinese imports of those same wines in the same period rose by 35%. So they're not going to hurt as far as the wines go and what they're going to do with them. They're not going to have a stack of them sitting around wondering what the what they're going to do with all this wine. I mean, it's obviously they found markets for them. So it's not hurting anything except some of the small businesses in the U S U S based wine importers and distributors are one uh, are the ones that are being affected immediately. These are the ones that have felt the full blunt of the, of the tariffs. Um, A lot of distributors are trying to keep their channels open uh, so, as much as they can, a lot of people have been laid off within those businesses. Uh, there's this one article here says that two businesses, import and export, has closed because of the, even with 25% tariffs, they are uh, right at the edge of not being able to, to do it. Uh, Washington, D.C. says there is a misconception about the tariffs. Uh, that would hurt more of the European Union than U.S. businesses. For a bottle of imported wine that's $10 on a shelf, eight fifty of that is staying within the American economy. But, uh, which is currently uh, subject to the tariffs, like imported Italian wines, uh, the additional tariffs is doing a radical change for businesses. Uh, this one individual says he can't absorb 25% tariff, let alone 100%. It would destroy the competitive edge of a small operation, which small businesses work on a very narrow margin. It's just unbelievable how small you, you go to wineries and it's just, you know, you start talking to them. And if they're open about it and all that, you say, how much is your profit margin? And they say, well, overall, it's very small. We, there's a season where the grapes are bad or if there's a season where we have fire or if there's anything like that, then it could destroy them, which as a side note here, I will remind you again, buy Western Australian wines or Sonoma wines. And they still need your help, both of them and getting the money coming back in and getting the, uh, there's feedback on the ground. So, French rosé orders have dropped because of the tariffs. Uh, Shipping takes time. And because of orders that they have to put in uh, so much in advance to get everything here, 
these tariffs took place immediately. We are going to tariff this, and boom, it went into effect. And the orders that were already out there as much as six months in advance were affected immediately. And it was like, okay, now you owe us this much money. Um, A container of wine costs you X amount of dollars. Well, when you put the tariffs on it, the as soon as the container comes into the port, they'll say, I'm sorry, you owe an extra $100,000 on this because the tariffs just went in and they can't handle it. Uh, the distributors are just throwing their hands up in the air. It's affecting olive oil too, as far as that goes. I mean, if you want to know other things, but you know, this is all about wine. I'm not going to get that other subject, but it's affecting other things too. Olive oil being one of them. So, if wines double in cost, the uh, profits are lost. And it's just a simple, basic 101 there. So people have been contacted all over, uh, wondering what's happening with the tariffs, wondering if it's going to continue, wondering if it's going to rise, if it's going to fall, and what Congress is going to do about it. And, and no, we haven't heard too much about it because we've been hearing about other things that's been going on in Congress and all that, which, you know, we, to me, we've got more important things to take care of right now than they're infighting, and they're, they're very good at that. And these tariffs is one of the things that needs to be taken care of because nobody wants to pay in a tremendous amount more for a bottle of wine than we are now, and it's not going to punish France for supporting the airplanes if we start paying more money and more tariffs on the wine. So, you know, I'm not trying to editorialize. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox. I'm just saying it's it's irritating that this much money, uh, this much tariff is being added to wines coming out of there. Uh, The guy ends up saying it could be a bloody Valentine's Day. And reference back to the bloody Valentine's Day of the gangster times, but tariffs are still floating around and they're still hurting us. And if they keep on doing that, it's not going to get better. So, uh, and again, I don't know what we're, what's going on with uh, the United Kingdom right now. They officially withdrew uh, from the European Union, I think the official date was the 31st of January. And the biggest partner right now with them is the United States, from what I've read. And they do have their the uh, their own wines coming out of England. And so, I don't know. Well... If I find out anything else about how wine is being affected coming out of uh, the EU uh, or not, well, the EU and England, I'll let you know. All right. Uh, Here's something I thought was interesting. This is out of another wine site that I get. Uh, wine business international managers. But the article is how feasible 
is biodynamic wine production. We've talked about biodynamic. We've talked to a winery that is biodynamic. And the one that we talked to said, hey, this is great. This is the best thing since sliced bread. This is wonderful. The wines are better. I, I enjoy doing this and all that stuff. But this article says, is it really that great? Is it really that good? Is, is it feasible to do this? Uh, it's for every person who brags about the claim transformation in soil health and growing condition, there's an, another happy to dismiss biodynamics as cultish mumbo-jumbo, which is true. I mean, some people say, you know, that's ridiculous. What are you doing? Wasting your time on that? That's much more expensive and all that. But some of the difficulties of biodynamic agriculture is they say is worth the results but widespread adoption doesn't look like it's going to happen it's going to continue excuse me going to continue at least for the time being as being well a cult thing if you will uh biodynamics been around for a long time it's based on uh a um uh, a concept by someone I can't think of his name now. I just that's why I paused there. I was trying to think of his name. I couldn't think of it. But uh, a uh, Sorensen Estate in Marlborough, New Zealand, and Chateau de Pomard in Burgundy are both biodynamic, and their experiences contrast from what they're doing. Sorensen out of uh, New Zealand. Uh, it has been farming biodynamically since 2006. And he says it's been more of a gut feeling, a gut instinct than anything else. And he said, if you can grow grapes and make wine without chemicals, why not? But biodynamics is not good for the bank balance. And there is one point. Uh, he reckons that the, the state with the biggest biodynamic vineyard in the world at 140 to 106 hectares uh, is his, but it has been diminished by events. Uh, it's been impacted by spray runoff from neighboring properties, which, you know, if you're biodynamic, no sprays, and if you're getting blowover from different properties or runoff, then that's going to make a difference. He's I can see us losing our organic classification. And if we lost that, he said, that's the end of the vineyard. That's the end of the winery. No more. And that could be impacted because what they do is they test the soils and test the stuff. And if they see chemicals, well, that's it. You've lost your certification. The Chateau de... No, I don't want to subscribe now. Okay. Uh, Where you do. The Chateau de Bavard's vineyard doesn't have that problem. Uh... It's claimed to be the biggest monopole vineyard uh, in Burgundy at 20 hectares, but it's encircled by a two-meter-high wall. And so uh, since it's circled by the wall, they figured it was a good opportunity, too good of an opportunity to miss, to go biodynamic. Uh, the 
winemaker is beginning limited in chemicals 12 years ago. So this is back in 2008, not too much after. And uh, he uh, conversion to biodynamics has been a five-year project, and he's got his Demeter certification uh, hopefully this year after going biodynamic. Uh, he says that uh, there is a sound long-term business case for doing it, but he believes that inorganic inputs weaken the vine's root structure, leaving it more um, less able to resist disease. And he said it's super labor uh, intensive. They said that they're doing everything by horse, but that's cheaper than tractors. And but everything is being plowed and everything is being done by horse. So he doesn't have to pull out vines after 30 or 40 years and didn't have the downtime of 10 years before production after replanting. But again, it's not a money maker for him. It is a labor intensive effort that he does because he wants to. Uh, they're looking at long term, whether it's planting or buying a horse. Is it a good decision in a hundred years' time? Is when they look looking at it. And short-term cost savings, yeah, it, it, they don't have the cost. Either one of the wineries had the cost of uh, chemicals, which can get pretty expensive uh, when you start looking at all the different ways that the chemicals and how you apply them and all that. And can get both of them can have said that they can get very expensive, but biodynamic farming has a risk within itself. Uh, it's a national or an international community that is actually biodynamics, um, especially in the vineyards and wineries. It is uh, the, the labor intensive and being certified is a pain in the ass, they say, because you have to have all the stuff for everything and it has to be certified and has to be looked at for five years and everything before you can actually be classified as certified. But they're both driven to biodynamics. They say the uh, whenever he talks to anyone and he says that they are biodynamics. The other people just shake their head and say, I don't know how you do it because it is so bloody difficult. And they agree with them. It is bloody difficult. So the question, how feasible is biodynamic wine protection? It is possible, but it is expensive. And the ones we, the one we talked to and the different things I've seen all that swear by the difference, swear by the difference in the quality and swear by the difference in the grapes and all that. So, I don't know. I still, I've tried to find biodynamic wines. I have not found a wine out there that says it is biodynamic. Every wine that I have searched for, and I've asked different stores and stuff, do you have biodynamic wines? Yeah, they're over there. And I go over there, and every one of them says organic but none of them actually say biodynamic. Now, I don't know if there is a reason that they don't say biodynamic. I don't know if it's something that they can't 
don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I haven't been able to find anything to explain to me why biodynamic is not on wine labels. It just seems very odd that it is, you know, you can find organic and that's certified, certified organic or organic grown on. In fact, I've read you the different terms on some of these wine bottles that I see, but none of them venture into saying that they are biodynamic and uh, so I don't know if I I search I search for stuff and I, I can't find any definition any reason so I don't know before I leave though I've got to tell you some wineries and stuff that's going on Castle Ridge they are in Iowa uh, as always they have not moved there in light in Iowa and south East of Des Moines, uh, close to Oskaloosa and Eddyville, and that area down there. If you're familiar with Iowa, you'll say, yeah, I know that. But if you're not, then it's southeast of Des Moines. They have their big Thanksgiving to-do coming up this weekend. A Thanksgiving, jeez. Valentine's Day to-do coming up this weekend. Uh Special tasting, and they got some special wines. They're dark chocolate sauce and fudge sauce uh, that is uh, on the wine of the week is the Iowa Silky St. Croix. And they have uh, wine and Italian night coming up tomorrow night, and then wine and chocolate pairings all weekend. And uh, the Valentine dinner is sold out. That's That's tomorrow night, but... It's going to be bloody cold up there, people. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, this is sub-zero temperatures that they're predicting up in that area. So, But still, that's Tassel Ridge Winery. If you haven't visited them, do so if you want to get a hold of them. TasselRidge.com, I believe it is, yeah. And uh, Tassel Ridge Wine. Tassel Ridge. And their phone number is not here. No, no, it isn't. I thought it was. Tassel Ridge Winery. Look it up, Iowa, and great stuff going on there. Let's see, we got another one here. Oh, our friends at Whispering Oaks. Again, and love is in the air. Now, Whispering Oaks is east of, or west of Gainesville in Florida. North of Tampa, 352-748-0449. But they have Valentine's weekend, and they have music and food and selections of wine and steak night on Saturday night and all sorts of things happening. Valentine's Day dinner is the 14th at 4.30. Uh, We're supposed to get some cool air coming in, but not cold. It's only supposed to drop down. Friday, the high is supposed to be 70, so that's going to be perfect to have that Valentine's dinner up there. Reservation is 352-748-0449, February 14th at Whispering Oaks. And then, as always, they have music all weekend, and they have events coming up and everything else. So get a hold of them at www.winesofflorida.com, and they can the website will 
fill you in on everything that else that's going on there and what's happening there. And I've got another one here. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I need to go to this. Yeah, there we go. Henry River. Henry River is uh, located in Dusty Road, Newberry, South Carolina. They have a Valentine's Day special, one half off of their Raspberry Rose, uh, Raspberry Rose wine slushy. Uh, their dinner is. Oh, wait a minute. Enjoy wine tasting to taste all of our seasonal wines for $12. Includes a souvenir glass or share a bottle of your favorite Henry River wine with a special someone. That's coming up on Valentine's Day tomorrow. So if you're in that part of the world, New Newberry, South Carolina, then stop by and see them. They are, let's see, 803-276-2855. Henry River, good people there. I, I, you know, the owner is really a pretty cool guy. We had some good conversations when he stopped by the winery a few years ago. Walsh Vineyard. Walsh Vineyard has, uh, they are located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. You can get a hold of them at 717-664-9463 or www.waltzvineyards.com. And they've got things going on, too, for Valentine's Day. Uh, they've got stuff going on at Hotel Hershey. Uh, you need reservation for flexible seating between 530 and 830. It's a, uh, the Circle at Hotel Hershey. Excuse me. Uh, but they have a dinner going on there. Walsh Vineyard Wine Pairing Dinner, which consists of uh, beef cured, a beet cured salmon and Rocky Mountain trout. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Um, plus all sorts of other stuff. That's your main course. You got Colorado lamb. Uh, they've got. Uh, Creekstone Farms Ribeye. Oh, geez, I've got a lot of stuff on the menu here. So call them, 717-534-8800 to make your reservations. Uh, that is a different number than I just gave you. That's a Hotel Hershey for reservations for this uh, dinner and around. $85 per person plus tax and gratuity. But, oh, my gosh, what a menu they have there. Waltz Vineyard. And let's see, do we have any more? I think that might be the last one. Uh, let's see here. And here. And here. Oh, that's it. So that's it. Everyone have yourself a wonderful and safe and lovely Valentine Day. And be sure to come back and see us next week. That is tomorrow, Friday the 14th. You know, I thought today was Thursday. Tomorrow. It was Friday the 13th. I was going to make a big deal out of, ooh, today, Friday the 13th. It's, we're going to yeah. shows on. Next month. So, yes. Ah. Next month, we have a Friday the 13th. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Only it's not on well, Thursday during the show. Right. <laughs>
the uh, then uh, yes, we will close out for this evening. Thank you for joining us, uh, whether you're live or listening on the uh, archives. Uh, it seems like a, a, quite a few listen on the archives. That's fantastic. Uh, I do yeah. appreciate that. We are, we are live every Thursday, um, most Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the next show, our next show will be uh, Thursday, next Thursday, February the uh, 20th at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Uh, so we'll, we'll see you then and enjoy it and uh, have a good uh, rest of the week. And a good weekend. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and one other thing. If you plan on going to the whiskey tasting or the cigar and whiskey or to the wine tasting, the big ones on there, mm-hmm. uh, let us know. And we will, we're not going to pay your way because if I'm a pay anybody, it's going to be Mike and me. But if yes, you're right. going to go, we'd love to have you make a report when you come back. So, yeah. Uh, have you on, keep the, that in mind. on the show for Yeah, make notes yeah, or something. Definitely. Yeah. Because. That would be cool. But have you told us about Or if anybody wants to take anything you know of. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If you want to take us, you know, we'll be happy to go with you. I mean, you know, we can spout out some, you know, fancy wine terms. You can throw them around and stuff. And, That's right. You know, so. Wow. But, <laughs> yeah. But if you don't want to take us and, you know, make notes and we'll have you on the show and you can tell us about it. Yeah. That's always good. So, uh, We'll see, you all. we'll see you all next Thursday, the 20th. Uh, thank you again, and uh, have a great week. And uh, we are out. Outro. Thank you. See you next week. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. (laughs) 